You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast. With Judy Bazzazzaro, Senior Editor. Brought to you by Natural Products Expo West, March 5 to 9. Welcome to another installment of the Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Judy Pizzazzaro. I'm the Senior Food and Beverage Editor of Natural Products Insider. And with me on the phone today, I have Michelle Simon. She is the Executive Director of the Plant-Based Foods Association. And she'll be speaking on the Growing the Plant-Based Market session on Thursday, March 7th, during the Natural Products Expo show in Anaheim. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. The Plant-Based Foods Association was formed just about three years ago. Can you provide a brief overview of the association's mission and the accomplishments so far? I actually do have a fond place in my heart for, for Expo West. In particular, was uh, critical that meeting place was where we first started talking about the idea, and that was about four years ago, and then launched officially in um, Expo West of 2016. So, yeah, we're coming up on our third anniversary, and it's, you know, the mission has been to represent this growing sector of the of the food industry, growing at 20% um, from last year, and, you know, recognizing the need for coming together to have a collective voice in the policy arena, that's my particular background, and then, of course, in the marketplace as well, to help the sector grow, continue to grow, and meet the growing consumer demand, for um, particularly for alternatives to meat and dairy products. That's kind of our sweet spot um, on the types of members that we have. And we've grown now to over 130 members um, at last count. And, um, you know, it's just a really strong growing community of, of brands. And also we have uh, some 200 other members that are affiliate organizations that are marketing firms and just individuals and investors, really anyone who wants to is excited about our mission and um, is helping the industry grow. Okay, great. Um, and it's obviously uh, it's a great association and uh, one that has a lot of work ahead of it. Uh, we all know today's consumers are reading labels and looking for products with minimal ingredients, but you know they're also looking for certifications on the packaging, such as USDA organic, non-GMO project verified. Last November, the Plant-Based Foods Association unveiled the industry's first and only plant-based food certification. Can you discuss how that came about and the benefits it brings? Sure. So, um, you know, in the first year or so of uh, forming, I started get I started getting questions, requests from member companies and others about this idea of a certification, and I wasn't completely sold early on. I thought, oh, you know, so many certifications out there on the market, but it really became clear to me there was a, a need, a gap in the market for, you know, really being able to define what does plant based mean. There, there's a vegan seal out there, but it really does have a different meaning and definitely different marketing um, connotation to a consumer that may not be eating a vegan diet per se, but is just looking to incorporate more plant-based options into their diet. So it was really from from that that we realized, you know, that we have an opportunity and actually an obligation as the trade association leading this industry to define and create this certification. So we, we actually... Um, Worked in collaboration with NSF, which you know has a lot of experience in doing certifications, and um, they guided us in the in the definition process, and now are the um, you know the the exclusive certifier for the, for the stamp. And it's still in its early stages. We've um, 
officially launched it with with a handful of companies that have gotten their products certified, but we're actually looking to do a big push at Expo West this year and and really you know um, explain the value and and bring more companies um, into the fold. Um, can you talk a little bit more about the benefits? Sure. Well, what we're seeing is the phrase plant based is getting out there more and more, and of course that's a great thing, um, but you know, we realized there was a need to give consumer the confidence of what that means. So plant-based can mean a lot of different things. I mean, I've even heard for some people it doesn't necessarily mean exclusively plant-based. So we wanted to make sure for that phrase um, that it would give consumer the confidence to know that the food is 100% plant-based. And also, particularly we're focused in on products that are helping the consumer reduce their animal food consumption. So, you know, of course, Cereal and bread and rice and beans can all be plant-based and they're wonderful, healthy foods to eat. Um, but we wanted to make sure that it was signaling to a consumer a plant-based alternative to a meat and dairy product. So those are the reasons for trying to get this seal out there and really provide consumers the confidence that they need in that phrase. Okay, great. And and I think, you know, as you mentioned that, you know, people think of plant-based as, you know, the breads and the rices and things. There are so many more products that are out there above and beyond just like the dairy alternatives or the, uh, you know, non-cheese cheeses. There's the, the growth opportunity in plant-based foods is phenomenal. And I, I just think it's it's going to be booming, you know, year after year. And we're really excited to see all the new products at Expo West next month. Um, can you elaborate on uh, the association's voluntary standards to promote consistency and labeling across plant-based foods categories? Yes. So um, realizing that you know there there isn't a lot of clarity in um, in the regulations. The FDA regulations have really not kept up with the fast pace of innovation, which is often the case. And so we recognize the need to help our industry with some consistency and, and labeling. And so we started to do that last year with the milk category. And you know, part of it was motivated by this whole conversation we're having right now around, um, you know, can almond milk be called almond milk, which we think is a, you know, an absurd conversation because obviously the consumer has spoken and understands what almond milk is. But we recognize that um, there was a lack of consistency in, in labeling. So that was... The, the basic idea was to bring the industry members together and take a look at what are what are the best um, phrases to use. Is it non-dairy versus dairy-free versus plant-based? And so we did some surveying and then came out with a set of you know flexible enough um, guidelines for for the industry to follow. Uh, the dairy industry has been putting a lot of pressure on FDA to enforce outdated regulations related to labeling of dairy alternatives such as milk, yogurt, and cheese. How is the Plant-Based Food Association responding to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, obviously we've been, um, that's been our main policy issue of the last couple of years. The um, dairy lobby got its few members of Congress to introduce a bill they called the Dairy Pride Act in 2017. And, you know, we've um, mobilized to stop that bill from passing that would have not allowed terms like milk and cheese to be used on plant-based alternatives. And now they've, you know, turned their sights to FDA. And so really what's happening now is FDA is simply asking for information to gather more research on, on the matter. And obviously we're letting them know what we think, which is essentially that this is a solution in search of a problem. Consumers are well aware of what these products are and there's really no no problem with them except the fact that the dairy lobby doesn't like um, our members using this terminology. And so, you know, we're 
um, fighting at every turn. We are, have uh, had constructive conversations with FDA. We've done our um, due diligence with creating these voluntary standards for the industry to follow. So we really think there's no need for federal action here. Um, this is really just a, kind of a um, desperate attempt, even sad to say, by the deer industry, right. which is hurting. I mean, there's no question there are economic problems within sectors of the dairy industry, but that has nothing to do with the, you know, related success of, of our industry. So, you know, we just think that um, we should, this is an issue for the marketplace to work out. And in terms of um, other policy issues that uh, are facing the plant-based uh, food category, can you discuss any state bills or any other policy updates? So in addition to uh, the federal level, the um, well, meat and dairy industries have also turned to um, the state level to try and enact bills that would accomplish what they're not able to accomplish at the federal level. And so um, at the moment, there's probably somewhere between 10 and 20 bills in various state legislatures that are attempting to redefine food. Um, in a few cases, they are about milk labeling. In more of the states, they're about meat labeling. Um, there was a bill passed last year in Missouri that attempted to define meat to restrict it to animal-based meat. And we are we object to those types of bills. We think our, we have members that go strongly. They're making um, alternatives to milk and meat and want to be able to use those words that consumers understand. So um, just like we've been fighting at the federal level and now fighting at the state level to stop these sorts of bills from passing. And, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. It's still early on in the year, but it is um, has a lot of policy activity right now. Um, do you want to talk about any of the policy wins? I, I know that uh, you had a, a uh, there was a bill in Virginia that was defeated. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, a good uh, early sign of what happens when we do come together and have our voices heard. And um, that particular bill in Virginia that was on meat labeling was was soundly defeated um, in the first committee that was heard in. And so we were definitely encouraged about that. Um, but you know, some other states. In other parts of the country, maybe harder um, to win because they simply have more influence from from the meat industry in particular. So um, you know, <laughs> we're going to keep fighting. We're, we're we are um, having good conversations and letting lawmakers know in these states that this is not something that um, you know is needed because there's no problem here. Consumers understand what they're purchasing and are seeking out these products. Um, you know, let, let's let's look to the positive side. Um, you know, there, what kind of bills are out there that you're working on to really promote plant-based food eating, plant-based nutrition, where you're not always having to defend uh, plant-based yeah. foods? So, yeah, I mean, it's true that we've had to be on the defensive these last couple of years. That's just um, the reality of it. When you're attacked, you have to defend. But we're much more interested in being proactive and looking for opportunities to promote plant-based foods and, and the policy arena you know, that will then you know, improve conditions in the marketplace. And I'm um, happy to say last year we, we supported, didn't take the lead on, but we did support a bill that passed in the California legislature that would um, require state-run institutions, hospitals, and, and prisons to offer a plant-based meal option. And so we think that's, that's a good policy to have. And then um, this year, just uh, uh, recently, a new bill was introduced to and incentivize school meals to add 
a uh, plant-based milk or entree option and looking at providing schools additional funding to to offer those options because too often you know school food just um, money is not adequate to cover some of these right. healthier alternatives and so we're very excited to support this bill in California which you know is often the leader in these sorts of policies and hopefully will encourage other states to, to follow their lead. Absolutely, and, and that's great work. Um, can we talk about, uh, you know, we've been talking about, um, you know, labeling and consumers and all of this and, and policy. What is the association doing, um, you know, do you have any programs for retailers in food service? Mm-hmm. Yeah, glad you asked. We actually um, really excited last year in the fall to launch our first retail partnership, and that was with Lucky Stores in Northern California. We um, did a really exciting shopper promotion um, in 70 Lucky Stores in Northern California. We were really uh, pleasantly surprised to see many of our members' brands that wound up being 20 member uh, brands that were already in Lucky Stores. And this is a very conventional retailer. This is not Whole Foods, by any stretch of the imagination. So it was really exciting to be able to shine a light on these um, products that um, Lucky already carried, you know, obviously various milk alternatives and then uh, meat and, and dairy alternatives. And so we, this program ran for eight weeks, and we had various marketing tactics. We had a um, an influencer come up from L.A., a woman named Tabitha Brown, who did a great job of doing some videos for us. And we just had a, really, a lot of fun with it, and we did coupons and tastings and so forth. And we're still gathering the data, but the early results from our members that participated are very positive. We're hearing um, very strong increases in sales during that period and and even after the promotion ended. So, you know, we take this as a, as a really great sign of what happens when you help the shopper find the products, you know, offer them some incentives with coupons and really celebrate, um, you know, this this uh, industry sector. We called the campaign Fall in Love with Plant-Based and just, you know, we really obviously celebrating it. So, um, you know, we're already hearing from other retailers that want to participate with us in similar campaigns, and we are excited to continue that work uh, in 2019 and see what role PBFA can continue to play in encouraging uh, especially large conventional retailers to really promote this category. Let's jump from the retailer to, you know, the food service side. What are you guys doing to really help the restaurants and, and the food service industry promote plant-based uh, foods? Yeah. Well, you know, most of our members start out in, in retail. It's an easier environment to kind of um, enter, but we recognize there's a huge under-tapped opportunity in food service, and we're particularly interested in the college university settings where we know young people are increasingly asking for these options on, on campus, and obviously they're, they're our best bet for the future. And so um, we've, you know, gathered information and learning from our members on how we can do this and and what we what we've landed on for this first year is to um create a a a concept that right now we're calling a grab and go concept where we would offer um you know freshly prepared sandwiches and salads along with um ready to eat foods like yogurts and and ready to drink um you know, single-size serving beverages and so forth, and have that um, available for in a college setting. So we're going to experiment with this concept this year and, you know, try to sell it in, perhaps pilot it at a large university and see how that goes. Um, and as a, as, a, as a foot in the door, hopefully to, you know, bigger and better partnerships with 
colleges, whether that be through their dining halls or, or their retail outlets. So really the sky's the limit in this um, arena because, you know, there's just so much opportunity in, in uh, the college-university setting. And then that also really helps, um, you know, for branding, for companies that want to get brand awareness going with young people that will then obviously graduate and eventually um, hopefully be preparing meals <laughs> for their families and buying it in the supermarket. So we're excited about, about this. It's a new area for us, and, um, you know, very, we'll see how it goes. Oh, great. I'm excited to see how everything pans out on that. Um, so wrapping up, you know, I, and, and I know it's a mouthful, so to speak, pardon the pun. What, what does the future hold for plant-based foods? Uh, you know, where do you see the, the industry going in, in, let's say, you know, two to five years? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, all signs are uh, the, the growth will continue. So, I mean, just being at 20% growth is, is astounding given that grocery sales in general are at 2%. So we, we certainly expect to see that um, trajectory continue for in the short term. And um, we also know that there will be just a lot more innovation coming, whether that's through new companies um, starting up, and we've got lots of startup members already, uh, or current companies, you know, um, innovating with the products, with new product launches. And uh, and we'll also start seeing even more than we already have um, large companies entering the arena, whether that's through uh, acquisitions of, of smaller brands or creating their own new products. And we're also, you know, already seeing rumblings of that happening. So really, it's <laughs> just um, nowhere to go but up. And, of course, then with... Uh, expanding the opportunities in the marketplace through large retailers. You know, we're really setting our sights on getting more room on the shelf because with all of this innovation, these products need to be more readily available, right? We can't just um, have them uh, be created in these companies' R&D departments. They need to find their way onto store shelves. So, you know, we're really excited about helping our members grow and gain entry into the market because we know that consumers are increasingly looking for these products. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, at Supply Side West, we had a, a beverage innovation uh, roundtable with uh, a number of CPGs, and they were mentioning, of uh, you know, what what is it going to look like in, in five years, ten years when you go down the traditional dairy aisle because really there's it's going to be half of it is is plant-based food like beverages and cheeses and things like that so is it is that aisle still going to be called dairy that was something that they brought up um and it was was an interesting question to ponder yeah it is and i've heard i've heard the same predictions being made as talk of the the meat aisle being called the protein section or or that we won't have um we'll just have a um dairy i mean one of our members talks about making dairy from plants. I mean, it's it's an interesting, what's happening right now is very interesting in terms of just how to rethink parts of the supermarket and various sectors of, of the food industry. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we're certainly looking at, you know, how we can be part of that conversation, this whole idea of where to sell the products in store. We definitely believe that uh, the meat alternatives should not be you know, hidden somewhere in, in produce right. where only the dedicated vegetarians will hunt them down, but rather should be where, um, you know, meat eaters find their their regular meat. They should be also um, exposed to the meat alternative. So, you know, I if uh, our work goes as planned, um, in a few years we will definitely start seeing that kind of transformation happening. 
Absolutely. Well, I just I, I think the work that uh, the association is doing is 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 monumental, and it's it's really great for the industry. And I can't thank you enough. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you in uh, Anaheim next month. And again, Michelle will be speaking on the Growing the Plant-Based Market session on Thursday, March 7th. And, uh, you know, thank you again for joining us today. I know you're very busy. My pleasure, Judy. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. look forward to seeing you yeah, in Anaheim. Thank- yeah, okay, great. Thanks a lot, Michelle. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account. This episode has been brought to you by Natural Products Expo West, March 5 to 9.